I'm Delaney Caulfield, your host of the Spec.com's Insider Podcast. After decades of planning, the light rail transit system launched last week in Waterloo Region. As Hamilton marks progress on its own LRT, Insider is checking in with Louisa D'Amato from our affiliated site, therecord.com, to hear how it all went. Hi, Louisa. Hi. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Did you ride the train yet? Yes, I've, wrote, I've ridden the train a couple of times, and honestly, I can say that for the whole community, it feels like we got a Christmas present that we've been waiting for for a very long time, and we're opening it and playing with it, oh my and God. it still feels like <laughs> Christmas morning here. I love that. So you're like a little kid, eh? We're all like little kids, not just me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So the public is responding really well to the service then. That's awesome. That's good. Yes, we had 72,000 riders on our first weekend. Oh um, it's God. free for the first 10 days. So. Oh, okay. That's but smart. Everybody's, everybody's asking everybody else, did you try it yet? Did you get on? What was it like? You know, it's, there's a real buzz. Mm-hmm. So it's been smooth sailing so far? Yes, we, I mean, there's been a few delays. There's been a few accidents. Right, um, yes. You know, after many years of driving around these tracks with no trains on them, people got used to the idea of making illegal U-turns and so on. Right. And now they can't do that anymore because there are trains. So we've had maybe five, I think it's five accidents. Oh, wow. The okay. uh, vehicles, the, the um, cars have been at fault in all of those accidents, I believe. But um, we've had, they've been basically fender benders, and I'm sure we'll all settle down. Right, yeah. So it's a bit of a learning curve then, just getting used to it the, is. yeah. I'm sure they probably did the same thing in Toronto when that streetcars and all that happened. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about Toronto. But um, for us, for sure, this is, you know, we, we're all learning to kind of coexist with this, with this new this new thing that runs down the middle of some of our busiest streets, mm. and uh, so far, so good. Have you noticed there's been, like, an increase in car traffic since it started, or um, has that kind of waned away? Um, I don't... I think it's too early to say whether mm. people will permanently... I think what you're asking is, will people permanently get out of their cars and use the iron? So I think at this point, we are st- we are kind of sizing things up as a community. People are actually talking on social media about, you know, could I do this? Would I get... You know, if I took this bus to this iron station, the iron is the name of the train, yes. I-O-N. Um, so if I took the bus to the station, then I can get on that train. I can go to UW where I work, University of Waterloo, where I work. Um, people are kind of talking about how would they manage their lives in order to be able to use this. The first stage is, is showing it to people. And the second one is how can people kind of change their behavior so that we can have fewer cars on the road. So at this point, you know, there, I wouldn't, no, I don't think anybody's even done a study of whether there are fewer cars on the road. Mm-hmm. That's too early to say. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, um, the transportation system itself has kind of been described as more of a catalyst for business development along the route. Can you describe right. anything about that? Oh, yes. Um, it's all From the very beginning, the, the um, light rail trains were not expected to have their primary function to be to move people around, even though lots of people are using them to move around. Mm-hmm. What the real um, purpose of that, of this development, has been has been to draw development of homes and offices and um, away from the edges of our cities and into the cores of our cities. So we have two medium-sized cities here in Waterloo Region, Kitchener and Waterloo. Um, both of them um, are surrounded by very rich, good farmland. We don't want to over overstep into the farmland with our development. So the idea with the railway is to have apparently if you have the steel tracks in a certain fixed 
disposition where they can never be changed, unlike a unlike a bus route, mm-hmm. um, then people who develop homes and offices are able to be sure that they can build there and know that the train will be there. And what that does is it brings, so we've, we've now got $3.1 billion worth of home office and institutional development around the the light rail corridor in Kitchener and Waterloo. Wow, that's Our huge. Play, it's wonderful. So we also have a growing knowledge economy here. We have the Google um, a Google office here. We have uh, lots and lots of startups that originated from the University of Waterloo, and some of which have turned into some quite um, significant um, employers. So we have a knowledge economy. We have workers in that economy who are taking longer to get married, to raise families, and they don't want to have a car. They like to live in smallish condo towers um, and get out a lot to restaurants and parks to sort of extend their living space. So these are people who love the idea of light rail. And the idea is that light rail brings with it a kind of a culture of vibrancy in the core of um, a pedestrian-friendly culture of um, lots of street life, and that's what these people want, and that's why they want to live near the light rail, and that's why the developers are building condo towers like nobody's business um, down here in downtown Kitchener, for example. Right. Yeah, it sounds like it's really going to be almost like a framework for other cities to look towards for the future and for planning the way that our own culture and economy and the way things, like the gig economy, for example, the way things are going, that we really are moving towards more of an environmentally friendly alternative to get to work and to to change our habits. Well, absolutely. I mean, it certainly is more environmentally friendly to to not have a car and to use and to use this uh, train as part of how you get around. But I think the other thing too that's interesting is Waterloo region is about 600,000 people. It's not a very and it's basically three smaller cities within mm-hmm. within that. So it's three medium-sized cities. Um, we are the smallest community in Canada ever to bring light rail in. So mm-hmm. I think it's something that we're used to seeing in big cities like Toronto and Vancouver, mm-hmm. but um, we you know, for us to do this and for it to be working is a really great sign for other medium-sized cities, like, for example, I would say Hamilton. Um, I think it would, you know, I know you guys are on the way to getting it. <laughs> we, apparently we have been for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that there's, there's probably still some debate to go in terms of all the final pieces being put together. Mm-hmm. The mayor, Fred Eisenberger, was at our opening ceremonies last week. Oh. Interested in how things were going. But, I mean, I think, I think if, you know... Um, so far, what what I think we're, we're seeing here is what other cities of medium size in southern Ontario who normally wouldn't traditionally have a light rail system, that's what they can expect to see as well. And it's been wonderful for us. I mean, it comes with, you know, gentrification does come with certain challenges that we're also talking about of course, yeah. uh, meeting. But I think, you know, I've lived here for 35 years and almost all of that time, you know, we kept trying to, we as a community kept trying to make our desolate downtowns more vibrant. And this is the only thing that's worked. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I'm really happy that it's finally, it's here. You guys are excited about it. So stage one is done. Mm-hmm. So stage yeah. three. There is a stage two. That's Do you right, want to yeah. hear about that? I would love to. Bring it on. So the third of the three cities that, that are part of Waterloo Region is Cambridge. Right. Um, Cambridge is actually, I think it abuts Hamilton, um, so it's quite close to you guys. Mm-hmm. And Cambridge is planning also for a light rail um, system. Right now what we have is um, 
light rail from the northern part of, of Waterloo to the southern part of Kitchener, and then from there there are rapid buses that, that take you through some of the major corridors in, in the city of Cambridge and into its um, main terminal in downtown. And um, eventually that will be that they'll build a uh, light rail train system there as well. There are some challenges associated with Cambridge that are a little bit different from what we've had in Kitchener and Waterloo. There isn't provincial approval of such a thing. I mean, that, that, you know, there's a proposal. I think they're in the environmental assessment stage now. Oh, okay. They've um, they've uh, they've uh, what's the word? They've confirmed the route that they want. Now there has to be an environmental assessment. There's um, uh, cost issues, and there's also the issue that Cambridge itself is a very spread out city. It used to be three towns, and they amalgamated these three towns, so now it's kind of very sprawling, and it doesn't have that sort of concentrated core of development through um, most of it that Kitchener Waterloo has. Okay, so there's a bit more variables to, take, to, to consider in order to get to variables, and yeah. it would cost more. They're talking, I mean, ours has cost. Eight hundred and sixty-eight million. Wow. That includes um, some funds that we didn't plan for when the trains were delayed by nearly two years. Yeah. The Cambridge model is going to be over a billion. Um, never mind wow. any glitches that may happen down the road. Okay. Wow. And I think that's what Hamilton has already spent. Is like a billion dollars on LRT. Oh, really? Yeah. Just to. I, I'm pretty sure. Which I should be positive, but. Uh, just buying up the buildings oh, and relocating everyone has cost, I, I do believe it's a billion dollars so far. So, well, uh, it's a huge process. I mean, one of the things about it that I never thought about before it started was when um, they started construction, they didn't even, they didn't put the, the steel rails in for re for years, right? right yeah. First thing they did was they dug up the main roads that the rails were going to go on, and they replaced all of the underground services, the sewer pipes and the water pipes and all of that, some of which were really old. When they came out of the ground, you thought, wow, my water's going through that. <laughs> <laughs> so they were kind of beaten up and, and rusty and everything. Oh, and they put all brand new stuff underneath because once the rails are in, it's pretty hard to get down there to, to right. make any fixes. That makes sense. So you kind of have to have everything replaced brand new under the road before you put the steel rails over. Wow. So we've been through years and years of construction. So there's all of that, and you're right, you have to buy up the properties, and you have to then, um, you know, build the route and, and create um, sort of the uh, consensus of, of the people who are living and going to work and, and travel on the thing. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of work, both physical and um, intellectual, that happens. Oh, no doubt, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for taking some time out of your day, Louisa. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you very much. For The Insider, this has been Delaney Caulfield.